Hello and welcome to All Things Albion, the podcast dedicated to West Bromwich Albion. Please welcome a very special guest, the creator of Action for Albion, Alistair Jones. How are you, mate? Hi, mate. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure. And thank you for joining me. Um, the first thing I want to do before we talk about Action for Albion is okay. uh, let's hear about like your story. How did you fall in love um, with West Bromwich Albion? Okay, well, a bit of a clue in the name, really. I was named after the man of the match on the Saturday was born, um, Alistair Robertson, um, 77. I could have been Cyril, I could have been anybody, really. When it, um, but that, my dad was a massive Albion fan and still is. Um, doesn't, he's just finished his last season, last season before last. Yeah. But I've had a, my start, my, the stand was built in 1981 in the Alfords, and no one else has ever sat in my seat in that state. In that stand, I've had the same seat for 40, 41st year this year. So, yeah, I'm a. Uh, I'm as bad as diehard as they come. I've had a, I missed town games in 41 years. Uh, followed them everywhere, really. Um, had some great, great times with it, you know. And you know, it's uh, and I've bought it onto my kids now. Unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you look at it, my three kids are all season ticket holders as well. So, oh, sorry, go on, Karen. No, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of my life. It's well, it is my life, really. At the minute, you know, it's just uh, and. When uh, we'll come on to why I started it in a few minutes, I'm sure, but there was, I just couldn't stand by anymore. It, it means too much to me to see what was happening with a football club, and there's a lot of like minded individuals like me um, that we needed some sort of process to highlight what the issues are at the club. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, Action for Albion is something that's it's positive that's happening right now, but. So going back, you've been, you know, up the album for a long time. When did you yep. start to detect that things were, were starting to go awry and action might be needed like you are right now? Okay, so um, when the club was bought 2016, I thought at the time, I think anybody that's been in business would have thought it, it paid way over the odds for what the actual club was worth. Um, I felt at the time that it was a bubble waiting to burst. The Chinese sort of Far Eastern investments are always volatile. Um, and that's not being in any way disrespectful at all to Far East investment. It was just, it didn't sit right with me. But for the first three or four years, I've got to say, and I think it's fair, that they did what they said they were going to do. Uh, they were going to treat us with a self-sustaining business model that had to be self-sustaining. I think the issue is, and it's as simple and straightforward as this for me. I don't think they realised relegation was a viable option. And as soon as relegation became a viable option, the value of the business plummeted. And for me, panic. Um, so what the, the alarm bells really started when Chris and Adrian started looking into it more in depth. Uh, and I, I'm like everybody else thought oh, it ain't going to happen to us you know what I mean I just thought oh, should be the shoulders it'll be alright be alright it's fine but then really when it started being glaringly stark was the delays in accounts were always an issue the reasons as to why the accounts were delayed why are we having to have different auditors every single time there's accounts to be raised these are all red flags like that, that raised a lot of questions and I've had some, I've had time these last couple of months really, and and, and what brought it to a head was the twenty five million pound reported loan in the Daily Mail. Um, yeah. Basically, 
Being as known, being as I mean, the, uh, been a fan of the club for forty odd years, I know a few people. I'm not trying to be dirty biggins, you know what I mean. But I, I know a few people, and I talk to a few people that are relatively or have been relatively hoping the club or have been around the club, and they were ner- they're, they're no longer with the club, but nervous. Um, and the twenty five million pounds reported loan. I don't believe, and this is my personal opinion, this is an action for Albion's opinion, this, this £25 million loan is to keep the club trading through a difficult cash flow next year. Because if you think about any business that has £35 million, that's what the value is. The people, that the naysayers don't believe us, but the, the last parachute payment is £35 million, and that's been verified by Kieran Maguire, who's... Uh, experts in the field so you get 42 million in year one 35 million year two and then so if you look at the simple maths Mike if you say we've got 23 man squad around about 18 grand a week would be a fair assumption I guess as a mean average yeah and you times that by 25 times that by 52 23.4 million pounds of just first team wages that we're liable for that's taken into even if Bartley leaves whatever money he's on. We've still signed three players this summer on around about 30 grand a week. Don't forget for three-year contracts. So this 23.4 million pounds, and you've got the training ground, the academy, the the staffing levels, the administration, the, the stadium running costs. I reckon the debt position's around about 14, 45 million quid. And we're losing uh, we turned over. 100 just turn over because people don't confuse turn over we profit sometimes but just turn over we just turned over 100 million in the Premier League season so even if we turned over 75 million last year in the championship yeah. with payments that turnover figure is going to be around about 45 million pound this year but we've got a deposition of 42 million and so yeah. this, the numbers yeah. the numbers don't add up which is what I'm trying to say the biggest worry in all of this and we we when we launched out Action for Albion, we were very, very clear that we only want to deal with fact. We don't want to deal with hearsay and conjecture. So this is all fact. Look in the account. Look at our cash position in the account. Anybody else, I'd encourage anybody to look. If, you, if people think that we're creating a tub for a drama, we're not. Look at the account. Our cash position is very, very minimal. We made £100,000 profit in the Premier League year with a very, very low, limited cash flow. So now that the parachute money's gone, where's the money going to come from? So that twenty-five million pound at ten percent interest rate, if Ron Gourlay had come out, this is the biggest bugbear that we have. They offered open and transparent and honesty. Remember that when he said, "I, I do remember it, yeah, very well." <laughs> well, it's very, it yeah, it's very, very easy to be open and honest and transparent when everything's going all right. That's it. Yeah. Everybody can do that, but. I find it staggering as a football club that nobody's vent- it's like an elephant in the room when you mentioned the transfer window the last minute, day, the last day of the transfer window. Not even a, a mention of it has been called in three months. The loans. I mean, if 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 Ron Gourlay would have come out and mentioned this twenty-five million pound loan and, and then it said something like, "We're looking to so we're looking to try to bridge the gap between the Premier League parachute payments." And having a turnover while still and having a, a suitable wage budget while still being able to compete at this level. Therefore, we've got to take out a twenty-five million pounds loan at ten percent interest rate to make sure we're as competitive as we possibly can be at the next two seasons to try to get uh, try to get back in the Premier League. 
I think most my, my Albion fans would have gone, it's not ideal, but I could sort of understand we're earning £35 million pounds taken off our table, so I could understand why something has to be done. No, do that. Do they just run like a complete and utter communist state? Really, they just don't tell anybody anything, yeah. and that leads to conjecture and worry and and and, and what's going on with the football club. I, I just I don't understand the levels of silence that the the, the club and they, they treat the fans like they're idiots, and and that isn't right. That isn't that isn't West, what West Brom's always always been about. West Brom's always been about a community fan club that embraces change and I can't believe that the club being run like it is, it's being run like, uh, it's not a democratic democratic democracy anymore. Let's put it like that. It's run like a, a tyrant, to be honest, that's, that's probably harsh words to say, but that's what it feels like. You're under a regime and if you don't like it, you're, you're alienated. In terms of like Ron Gawler's communication. I mean, he, you know, he come out, didn't he, a few weeks ago when Corbran was, um, appointed and apologised and said, oh, you know, I didn't realise they hadn't been... At first he sort of said, oh, I've been talking to supporter groups, it's obviously the Assembly, but then he also went quiet. And my issue with the Assembly, I don't want to sort of disrespect because it is a good thing, but it's obviously... It can't be that, can you, Mike? It can't be. I I mean, I've got no... There's people... who with us that that, that are passionate about the Albion and and the Assembly, but how can it be a fan-led organisation when they're vetting... Yeah, exactly. More, and it's always out of date as well. Somebody's asked me about more than I'll go. I've got more chance of being picked at centre half and I'm forty five and massive. <laughs> and I've got being been in the um being in the Albion Assembly. It's just pointless though, because your class is a troublemaker. That, that, that it's ridiculous. I care passionately for this football club. I care passionately about what we're gonna be. I support the institution of West Bromwich Albion, not the people that own it. And and again, our mantra of support the team, not the board, is absolutely paramount in everything that we possibly do. Um, and and that's what frustrates me. And, and I know I get very emotional about it, but it frustrates me that these guys are custodians of the football club, and uh, and we put a mission statement out. We we try to run this as professionally as we possibly can. And I've said to many people, it, it's a bit like a political campaign when you're running something like this. I'm learning as we go, but. You have to have a mission statement, a manifesto, all these sort of things to be taken seriously. We don't want to be 30 blokes on a march to, uh, uh, saying we want all out. It's not that we're about that. We're about sustaining pressure and building pressure to make the make the club listen to its fan base for once. And yeah. for what we've done in three weeks, I think is really impressive. I'm really proud and 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 the support that we've had from from everyone. I mean, there's a few words on the committee that are that are work as hard as I do. Paul Fortner, Dave, Race, Chapel, Aaron. There's loads. There's about seven or eight of us that work diligently, and we've all got jobs. You know, I mean, it's yeah. That's what upsets us a bit when we get oh, it's all out for yourselves. Genuinely, isn't it's not it's not a crusade, a personal crusade, mate. It really isn't. It's it's because we need change at the football club. If we don't get change, we are in real trouble been a lot of talk recently probably the last couple of years at least myself and steve on the podcast have said it as well is something needs to be done you know something needs to be organized and obviously congratulations to you and you know the committee that have actually done this so how did you decide between you that now is the right time and, okay. and launching action for Albion was the right thing to do okay thanks for that it's a good question and it's one that we don't get asked enough really so it was after Millwall. Um, I sat there on a Sunday night 
and and I'll, I'll, I'll again support the team, not the board. I, I will think, I will say that, and continue to say that. Well, I just felt that the, that we were just accepting mediocrity as a club, everybody, because I tell you, and I include the fans in that. I'm really sorry to do, but because we just become acceptant to losing, and a, a last minute goal should really, really hurt. Mm. And I've got to be honest. It had gone past that. It was apathetic towards it. I was like, well, it's a last minute goal. I that bothered. Yeah. And then I sat myself on the Sunday and thought, why aren't I bothered? Mm. And I'm not bothered because the board aren't bothered. That's what I believed. And then I asked a few people, uh, I, I, uh, this isn't happening, but I mean, like the administration thing that the rumour came about, absolutely categorical. Let's say it's never going to happen while we've got parachute money. But there needs to be a business plan in mind when we don't get parachute money because even though the team's on a great upturn in film and that's fantastic, it's very unlikely we're going to get promoted still. Let's be realistic. I know we're yeah, only eight of points off of the game, but it's very unreal. So there has to be a business plan in for next year. And I'm not sure there is. I think we've gambled everything we've had to a lesser or worse extent to get promoted this year and I, mm. I'm not convinced that there's plans in place next year to sort of stabilise this football club moving forward and when these loans came out I asked a few people and, and they were saying this is to survive Al this, is, this isn't anything else it's not a transfer war chest this is to survive and these are accountants and well well versed people that I'm talking to mate it's not just like Joey down the pub it's like people that are <laughs> do, do this for a living yeah. And they can see on the, the see the trajectory of the of the football club and the way that it's going. Please don't think your listeners. I, I really beg to you. I'm not trying to be a scaremonger at all. I just want to have things in place that the West Bromwich Albion Football Club uses a football club in its current guys because there's, there's four clubs in our division, Mike, that are in peril. There's Coventry, yeah. Wigan, us, uh, Blues. And there's probably many more that we don't even know about, but what we had to do as a business, uh, sorry, what we had to do as a, as a, a business, so to speak, like a business, what I had to do as a, as a group was to try to get the exposure out there. And I think that's where we've been different. So we've had, when you say, what, what are we doing? There's two scales to it. The first scale is to get buying from what we call the silent majority of West Brom fans. And that's the 17 and a half years of season ticket holders, whatever they are. To get a buy-in is to understand what really is happening at the football club because a lot of people don't follow it night and day like me and you do. A lot of people just go on a Saturday and it's part of their life but it's not a massive part of their life and it's become somewhere to take the kids obviously with the kids are a quitting centre. But uh-huh. they've invested in the club so they are interested in the football because they've invested in a season ticket but it's not really their bread and butter of that what they think of every day. So they don't think they just see the team losing or winning and that's it. But we wanted to tap into a few of those to say but if you enjoy going to West Brom, we want to make sure that we continue to go to West Brom. Yeah, attempt it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so oh, the second part was, and I'll use a, a, somebody, a, a journalist, a national journalist that said this to me, it's the biggest untold story in football. That was that was the words that were said to me yeah. when, we, when we gave them some of the information that is readily available to anybody to look at. We are in trouble. We really are in trouble. Uh, these owners uh, have built a self-sustaining business model, which was absolutely fine. 
and we perfectly understood and agreed with it was a self-sustaining business model. But you can't have your cake and eat it. You can't take five million pounds out of that self-sustaining business model to loan to your other companies because they're struggling. Because that doesn't make it self-sustaining. Then that makes it a bank. And so I have a little bit of sympathy for the owners for the general piece three point seven million pounds loan. And that's not really to do with them because that was it took a forensic accountant two years to find that loan. That's how deeply hidden. Entrenched, yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, but the, the £5 million loan and the £2 million one, well, if you do some investigation or just look about, all they've done is created shares and took £2 million quid out of West Bromwich Holdings. That's what they've done. Yeah. No, no, no lightness about it. That's what they've done. £5 million loan is just incredible. People say, oh, you can do it, you can do what you want. Well, we're not a bank. We're not a financial institution. So I don't understand why people think that that's okay. And we have, we've had genuine criticism of this is everyday occurrence in businesses. I don't know many businesses that would do something like this. And I certainly don't know any many businesses that would then miss the payment date. Well, I don't know many football teams that have owners that take money out. Usually they're pumping money in. Exactly. Use use Preston as a business. Use Preston as an example. If anybody again, if they want to read read some things from Preston, I'll, I'll send it to you, Mark. If you could put a link out, it just they have to put their business, their, their Hemmings family own own uh, Preston. They put twelve million pounds a year in to keep going at Preston. Yeah, we're having we're having play team. Bear in mind that by the way, the accounts are eighteen months behind, so we haven't even got the championship accounts yet. These are based on Premier League. That's what that's what it lends to, though, doesn't it? It's like a perfect storm because you've got these things going on, and with a lack of communication as well, it's almost like you're fearful. I am anyway of being blindsided. It's like the five million pound loan came out of nowhere. It was like a year before it was actually announced, if not longer, yeah. because the accounts were going to come out, and they knew we'd spot it because there's people like yourself and you know ourselves and and people looking at those accounts yeah. and in deciphering them, and it's like with the Hawthorns. You know, obviously there was the rumour going around that it was going to be sold and obviously hopefully it's going to become an asset of the community, which doesn't save it from being sold, but at least it's something that we it's can do. It's a protection. Do. I mean, it's fantastic yeah. news, but it, it's not uh, no. it, it, it's not what the headline thinks he is. Let's put it like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic and it's great and it's great work. And most importantly, we've got the MPs and councillors talking about it now, which is the most important thing, more than the ACV. It's more that it's in their firing line now. I've actually emailed Tracy Craig yesterday um asking again again we saw in south end this week that there's loads and loads of clubs just because we're all, in some respects and i'll put this into context this is this is when i'm saying when people are going albion what you want to pay okay how can they be in trouble well i'll ask you two questions why can i ask the listeners two questions first question would be how in the world is a team that's had 20 years of concurrent premier league money and when I say by concurrent, I mean either by participation or parachute payments. We've had 20 years of Premier League money since 2002, concurrently. We've always had it, right? How in the world have we got to the first year that we won't have that we're reportedly looking at doing a £25 million loan at a 10% interest rate to be able to continue? Yeah. The second question is that... West Brom being the, the team of uh, of the Premier League ilk, and having the, this for, for, for this money for twenty years, 
how did we get into a position of having next to no money in cash in the bank? Yeah, these are questions that we need to answer. These questions need answering. And I know that uh, a group called Shareholders for Albion, which I'm sure you're versed with, I've put this this to them, and they're waiting for a response back. It just doesn't add up. And the other thing is that another red flag is that PwC Price Waterhouse Coopers actively actually said we won't deal with West Bromwich Holdings ever again. Yeah, and they're not one of the biggest auditor accountancy companies in the in the country. And then you've we haven't even spoke yet about the Jersey Jersey sort of issues that are potentially here as well. There's a what a fair ways. Who are they? Yeah, anybody yeah. know? Why is Ken well, the only director? Why is Mr. Gorley resigned from West Bromwich Holdings? There's many, many, many things. And as I say, what we've done as a group is that we're getting specialists um, and national um, journalists involved in this, investigative journalists, award-winning investigative journalists now, that have seen some of the information because they're, they're busy people, but we've we brought it into their forefront, into their crosshairs, and they're really interested in taking this story on there, which is which is more than we ever imagined when we started the the group. So we're really proud of that, and we're working with some top names that people would have heard of. Um, I ain't going to say them on here, but you can tell by following uh, for Albion who we're talking about. But here in Maguire's of this world, uh, you know, they're, they're actually looking and going, there is a problem here. This is a problem. Yeah. I think you've had a, uh, a really positive response. I mean, we're going to go into some comments that people have said yep. on social media about it in a minute. But the other thing is, well, obviously, is shine a light. The, the first, yep. you know, real thing, I think, that broke the story and, and a lot of different outlets picked up on it. Yep. Um, how proud of you? I mean, you have sort of said already that how sort of happy you are with the response. But, like, you've had that. Obviously, you've had the whistle as well, yep. you know, blow, blow time on the board. Are you trying to come up with different things for each week? Is this something that's going to come away and go back? You know, what's your okay, guys' feelings yeah. on it? Honest answer is um, the breaks come at the right time for us as well. Um, we need to reflect, stand back and reflect on what we've done and what's worked and what hasn't worked. We're learning this. This isn't our job. So we're, we're doing this out of our own free time and we're learning as we go. The shine of light was fantastic. I actually thought the whistles worked really well. I know, I know that some we had some people that didn't work as well, but the more people, it's really simple, really. The more you get to ask people to have to do before it, mm. the more difficult it becomes. The simpler the process, the, the more people join in. So we actually enjoyed the whistle. But what was more important for us as a group was the spontaneous shine of light when we were winning a game. That shows that people are getting it. It wasn't just, oh, we're going to shine a light because we're winning, because there was a stand-up if you want to lie out after it. We want people to just please read through what we're, we're saying. And if, if you want to follow us and you believe that we've got we've got a right to protest, then continue. We believe this club needs highlighting, uh, this message needs highlighting. So whether what we're going to do, we'll always will continue with protest. I use the analogy, it's a bit like... Um, a pop star using the best signal. I mean, I, used, I, used to say, I said, you don't get to a killer's concert and down here, Mr. Brightside, do you? you know what I mean? So, China Light worked okay. really, really well. Um, I would suggest that we probably continue with that um, while the dark nights are here. Well, that's not to say that's the only thing we're looking at doing. There's many other options that we're looking at doing. We'll, we're not, we're, there'll, be something to, there'll be something put out during the World Cup break as well to keep us in front and centre of everybody's thoughts as well. 
that were that will be continuing to put pressure on and getting questions answered. So I'm going to tell you what that is, but there will be something during the World Cup break that will happen on social media that will focus everybody's attention back on what's going on with the ownership of, ownership of West Bromwich Albion. That was a thought. Slip there and I said and he said something else, but the ownership said. <laughs> so, um, what's sort of like the ultimate goal? So, if I was to say to you know to you guys now, right, if, if this this and this happens, yeah, what sort of things would would make you know satisfy action for Albion to say right, you know, the club's back on the right track. Okay, so the mission statement will continue. This isn't just about this ownership. It's this book. We see this is a long-standing project. So the mission statement is the custodians of the football club, whoever they may be, act in the best interests of the football club at all times. Yeah. Really simple, matter of fact. And didn't even ask to ask that, but can we honestly, can they look at us now and say they're acting in our best interests? I don't believe so. And I don't, I don't think any of our group believes so. Ideally, yes, we do get a change of ownership. That change of ownership doesn't mean that the group goes away. It yeah. means that I'll give it Obviously, the, 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 the no ownership, hopefully, plenty of time to do whatever they see fit, but we will still keep looking and making sure that they're looking after the institution of West Bromwich Albion, like, like they should be. And I think I wish I'd have done it earlier, if I'm honest. Well, it's good that you've done it now, mate. Well, maybe. I mean, look, as I say, it's not about me, it's about the group has been unbelievable. I mean, I've made some really good friends in the group as well, which helps, but support we've had has been fantastic but I mean to get the national media attention that we've had and national media people contacting me now asking for more information so they can get more on the story during the most bizarre World Cup you'll ever see which has made their their business massively busy because obviously there's a lot of things going on in the World Cup that needs investigative journalists as well. So for them to take time to look at us and go, yep, we need it. We need to help these guys as well. So that we were right. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go to some uh, some some fan comments. Uh, I did put this out not too long ago, um, mm-hmm. but there is a few people who want to sort of, you know, ask you and, and congratulate yep. you as well. So firstly, Mark Griffiths on our Facebook page said, full supporter of A4A. That's the other thing as well. This is ATA meeting A4A, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all Albion. We're all Albion. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, so full supporter of A4A, but we can't get yeah. past the elephant in the room. Mr. Lie doesn't have to sell if he doesn't want to. How as a fan base are we going to prevent the continual asset strip of WBA? The potential £25 million loan needs to be secured against something and that those assets of the club stadium, training ground, etc. Um, so do you want to answer or sort of respond to that part first because it's like a two-part question. Okay, so, so as a group, we can highlight the issues. Obviously, if any, if any of us win the Euro Millions, then, then that's a different... <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. But... Um, as a group, all we can do is highlight, the, highlight and continue to pressure. Can we stop Mr. Lai? Well, we can make him feel very, very uncomfortable. Let's put it like that. I think that anybody that doesn't think that that message has got back to China yet uh, is yeah. wrong because he definitely has. Um, I can tell you that for a fact. But that, that is definitely, they're uncomfortable. Uh, they're very uncomfortable with the questions that we're asking, which makes you think, You're on the okay, right well, there's definitely questions about that, isn't there? So, um, 
Yeah, uh, it's, can we get rid of Mr. Light? No, um, we probably can't. But we also need to understand, is Mr. Loy the the actual owner of the club? Because that question still needs to be answered. Um, there's plenty of work going on behind the scenes that uh, are making sure that Mr. Loy is, in fact, uh, carrying on Chris and Adrian's work. I'm, I'm of the belief that I don't think Mr. Loy is actually the owner of the football club. Well, it's such a... It's such a you know confusing point, isn't it? Because you've got Ken, who's got his part of it, and it's it's very confusing. It's almost like a management fund that Lloyd yeah. manages that owns the club. It, yeah, it's it's all over the place. I was just going to say again, it's a bit, we, we've got to take and we'll say this of a sort of advice from um, our guy uh, very close down the road that, that did similar to what we're doing in Birmingham, and his work was phenomenal. And uh, thank you for for him for helping us. He's been magnificent. Dan uh, Daniel has been great. Um, but this is the other point I was going to say. The second question I was going to come on to was: Let's just put this in the light again. Blues are everybody knows the Blues are in a mess. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. The Blues were bought for thirty-five million quid from Trillian Trophy Asia, right? And they're going to get majority of that money back, give or take yeah. seven, five, five to seven million. Which on? We bought for 178 million pounds. What are we worth now? 35, 45 million quid. Probably 35 yeah. next year once the payments have gone. This is why I'm keep time banging the drum. We're in much more of a mess than Birmingham are. Just because they've got a derelict stadium and ours is fantastic stadium, he's brilliant. We've got a massive deficit that they haven't got. So everybody like saying about Birmingham. We're in a worse position in some respect. So on the on the second point, uh, does Ali think that twenty five million pound loan will be used to pay back the outstanding money from Lie? I know this sounds balmy, but it is actually a fair practice as he owns the ground. It's <laughs> a bit like getting a second mortgage on your house to release equity to pay back your credit card bills. It's a very interesting point because I've been thinking of ways that um, this is my again. This is just my perception, by the way. This is the group's perception. If you've asked. It does Ali think this is an action for Albion? So I'll just say this is usually. Um, I think the same. I don't think the 25 million will be part of it, but I think what you'll find is the 5 million will be paid, and there'll be fanfares about the 5 million being paid back in December because they can't not, uh, because yeah. they get hammered. But bear in mind, we're 18 months away from the next accounts. So I think they'll put the can further down the road, the 5 million will go back in. And then remarkably, we'll have a five million pound loan again in eighteen months' time, and we'll have exactly the same we'll have again. That's my own thought. Yeah. Um. So going to the Twitter side of things, uh, at Tonky Towers, thank you very much. You said, please thank Ali and the team for what he slash they are doing. It's really appreciated. My question: any update on or progress with Talk Sport or the national media to our situation? Thanks, Tonky. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Tonky. You've been a great supporter as well. Um. The talk sports stuff disappointed really, but everything's focused on the World Cup, so um, yeah. it's flogging a dead horse to be honest with that at the moment. Um, but the national media have been fantastic. We've got articles probably being worked on as we speak. Um, well, they are definitely being worked on. I can't tell you when they're going to be released because there's a lot of work and diligence to go into them. Um, what we've been spoken about on the Price of Football podcast, we've been spoke about on 
the various Albion podcasts we've been spoken about um, by uh, Philip O'Clair and uh, Yostimar, which is uh, again an investigative journalist. We've been spoken about Martin Caladine on the Ugly Game, Mail on Sunday, Nick. Um, Nick Hughes, uh, Nick Hughes yeah, on the mail on Sunday. We, we are getting there and we've been in every single paper about uh, Shine a Light. So we will continue to bang the drum. Yeah. And uh, Paul Garber said, uh, please congratulate Alistair on the excellent and peaceful campaign. My question, what lessons have been learned so far during your journey and what plans do you have in the future to spread the word? I know we talked about that already a little bit. Okay, so yeah, we continue with Shine a Light. Um, I think that's probably going to happen and we'll continue to uh, go on the campaign with getting journalists behind us and backing our cause um, and we'll continue ramping pressure up there'll be plenty of things here I'm not going to tell people exactly what we're doing just yet because uh, it's nice to have a little snippet and, and see um, and wait I'd like, I'd like to drip feed like we did be shine a light and and blow yeah. the whistle. I think that's quite a good thing because it adds to um, adds to the call. It adds to the call, really. It adds to the sort of intrigue as to what we're going to do. But the one is shine a light. We want to build up to. Okay, there's a lot of people um, that, that have been asking and asking that we uh, do a march, for instance, straight away. Yeah. Well, we believe that to do a march, we've got to get bigger numbers, and the only way we're going to get bigger numbers is by keep creating standard pressure and keep building the pressure and keep building the pressure. What's more powerful, having 20 or 30 West Brom lads walking down the walking down West Brom High Street with yeah. We Want Light Out or do a 3,000 walking on mass to the ground. To yeah. do that, we've got to put foundations in place. And what we're doing now is building the foundations. This isn't the house this is the building of the foundations what we want to get to is create uh, enough fever enough support that we get like a walk-in or a march or whatever we choose to do is powerful not just i think where we where fan groups have failed before is they try to run before they can walk yeah um literally uh, and that's what we're trying to be what will always be uh, is peaceful we'll always be considerate and we'll always support the team. Those are the the pillars that we we continue to work on. Everything that we do will be peaceful, legal, and supporting the team. People question me, is supporting the team blowing a whistle on 12 minutes? Well, it's for a minute, first and foremost. But what it does do, it galvanises people to start singing again and, uh, and getting behind the team. And probably not as much, if I'm honest, with the 12-minute whistle. But shine a light, I believe, help the team. I really do. I thought the, I thought the, even though it was a lower attendance, I thought the actual crowd got right behind the team after the protest, and I think it gave them a little bit of a boost. Yeah. So obviously, the commitment from myself is we'll, you know, be keeping our eyes open and, and sharing whatever we can and trying to support that way. But if I may, said the the silent majority, what can they do to support and and get involved? Okay, so um, go on to Action for, Action for Albion Twitter handle. That's the action number for Albion. Uh, the Facebook groups. And just keep peeled up to what we're going to do. Um, we're obviously not asking for any monetary 
things at all. That's not what we're about. We're not nothing to do with that. If we are coming to a point that we want to do something that involves some sort of funding, we will obviously make our, our um, followers aware. But at this moment in time, there's, there's not even a bank account, mate, to be honest. You know what I mean? It's just, so it's just literally awareness um, and making sure that they're fully versed. I guess what I'd like people to do is to do their own little bit of digging if they, if they want to. Just have a look at the accounts. They're easily, again, Mike, it might help if we can put like the link to the accounts page on, on this just so people can see. Uh, it's easy to look at. You don't need to be an accountant to work it. But it just tells you where the, where the club is. Mm-hmm. So you can just, so people can see we're not talking crap. It's genuinely perilous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, firstly, mate, I want to say thank you very much for your time. It was really appreciated. No problem. Is there, anything else, no, is there anything else you want to add? We haven't talked about what's going on the pitch yet, have we, really? I mean, like, that's the most important thing. The most important thing about anything in a very garden, a football club, is on the pitch. We understand yeah. that. And that's why everything that we do, and I continue to say, you can count how many times I say, to support the team, not the board, is absolutely vital. Carlos Corbran is the real deal. It looks like it looks like he's got buy-in from all the squad. He's got buy-in from all the fans, and he's certainly got buy-in from Action for Albion. So, may long may that continue. It's fantastic. We look like we're organised. We're organised on the pitch for the first time in a long, long time, and that's fantastic. I think I think we need to continue. I don't actually think we need to do it that much in January. If I'm honest, I think that uh, I mean. We can't anyway, but even if we even if we could, I don't think we really need to. I think there's a couple of loans that we could potentially use, maybe as fullback areas to beef them up a little bit. But mm-hmm. apart from that, I think we're well stocked everywhere. If DK being back and the and a Thomas Santis performance on on Saturday was incredible, and we still got my best friend Carl and Grant to come in as well. So, um, you know, when I was I was being sort of a little bit. Uh, it's just when I said best friend no, no, he's one of them I just can't take to him <laughs> no I know he, he doesn't he doesn't play like somebody who endears himself to the fans is he no you get players don't you sometimes and he's just he, I think he's in the George Riley sort of foe for me and that's, that's going back some days I mean like he's that bad for me like yeah. just uh, just the he's all round all round just as a bloke he just does I think, but that's by the by but like we've got three options up front now which is which is great I think the midfield's well stocked. I think we've got the best out of John Swift again now. OK seems to have um, got better. And, and Matty, Matty Phillips seems to have had a lung transplant the last couple of weeks. It's called Brun's come back. I don't know what's happened to him. He just seems to be able to it's run again. He's a different player, isn't he? It's incredible, honestly. I mean, but again, I, I, what he's done for me, he's made, he's made, he's simplified a lot of those jobs. So, my mate Kev Weaver always said to me, Darren Moore bought Carl Bartley as Darren Moore's Darren Moore and then he tried to turn him into and Grand Jones tried to turn him into Franz Beckenbauer and that confused he puddles his brain whereas if you tell Carl Bartley to edit kick it and kick someone he's, the better, he's as good as anybody in this league at doing that and no, I know Shay so just really simplify the process I think I think the spine of the team is strong and that anybody that gets out of this division is the spine of the team has to be strong yeah I think talking about it because I, I could talk about Albin all day, but like in terms of like on the pitch though, it what's really changed for me in terms of Corbran and Bruce was like how one dimensional we were under Bruce. It was just like lumping into the yeah. box, lumping into the box, and and I I've said this. I was talking to Daz, and I know you talked to Daz on uh, yeah. BBC Radio WM, yeah. and saying like 
it's almost like our squad has gone from being no options because certain players weren't performing and we were saying they need to go to almost now, like you said already, having a few options. I think I think I think the key thing is, mate, for me, is that he's got attention to detail. Yeah, uh, that's the most important thing. But so players will play type. So if they've been if they've been if putting the ball in the box since they're eleven years old, unless they're told to do it, not to do it, they'll just be very back to type. So. Wallace, for instance, has been fantastic and he's been brilliant, but his job is to get the ball out of his feet and to put it in the box. Yeah, yeah. If there, ain't, if there ain't nobody to put it in the box too, it's pointless. I mean, we had 52 crosses one game. I think it was against uh, Bristol City at home where we lost 2-0. We had 52 crosses in the box, into a box in one game. I think they're number, I think they're number five left for 50 I think he added 51 of them out on his own. But So, there had to be another way of playing and there was times on Saturday where it was for the first time we got into the wide areas and we went back again because we were nobody in the box. And I was thinking, this is revolutionary. This is something. I was thinking, it's revolutionary. It's just common sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the difference. Just the attention to detail. I mean, for a manager not to know that there were rules of change, that you could have five subs, tells you that the attention to detail wasn't there. But I think that lends itself to the off-field things as well because it's like yeah, Steve Bruce was left on. It was like held on to. For, I mean, I don't think anyone was particularly happy that he was kept on in the summer. I think... Well, speaking per- myself personally, last season, you could say, well, he's into steady the ship and we had a bit of a volatile time under Val. Yeah. But then in the summer to keep him on was a bit of a head scratcher. And then obviously as it got worse and worse and worse, and then people started to think, well, because him and Gourley are mates, is he ever going to get the sack? And that sort of lends itself to the off the field debacle. Yeah. You've already mentioned the whole transfer deadline day mess as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for him for that. That wasn't Bruce's fault. The um, the, the the transfer debacle. That was but he's probably Gourlay's though. He was the person responsible, isn't he? Well, I suppose ultimately, but there's more to it. Than, I can't really say on air, but there was more to it than me. <laughs> uh, it's, it was just a comedy of errors. It, it, it was like again, we talked about perfect storms, but like that was a perfect storm. You wouldn't believe it. I, I, it was incredible. But anyway, it, the most uh, important thing is that. I think we use modern day a lot there, don't we? But we've got a bloke who's got a doctorate in football. Yeah. He lives and breathes it more than we do. I mean, Christ, he's had to watch 17 Albion games on his own. God, imagine that, <laughs> watching that. And then he's watched Salford. Uh, yeah. You know, so I mean, like he has got, uh, I mean, yeah, there's lots of things I could say, but I can't say on, on this. But I mean, he, let's put it like this. The coaches are working harder than they've ever had, than they've ever had before in their lives. Yeah. No, it's, um, I think off the field, obviously, things are really, really worrying and, and you guys are going to, you know, complete, continue to highlight it, which is a good thing. But hopefully on the field, in the immediate yeah. future, it looks like we might be turning a corner. And hopefully well, I, was on Twitter, yeah, I was on Twitter the other day and I said, if somebody had told me three weeks ago that we'd be eight points off with the game in hand and Carl Bartley was the most important player, I would have thought that I'd come down from a different planet. Man of football changes. That's why it's the best game in the world because it just keeps changing all the time. And I, I want to continue to be able to support my club for the next thirty years if I'm here. You know, I mean, that's the most important thing for me. So we will continue on. And thank you very much for your support and having me on for forty-five minutes. It's been really good. Really enjoyed it. My pleasure, mate. So just before we go, just remind yeah. everybody where they can follow yourself and Action for Albion and, and make sure they okay. stay up to date. Yeah, well, my Twitter handles at Ali Jones Nine. Um, and the Twitter handle for Action for Albion is at Action Number Four Albion, and then the Facebook group for Action for Albion, which is the letter for the wording for letter. That's the word. So, for Albion, F O R. Yeah. It's 
I'd really like to thank Ali for joining me today. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Action for Albion do next and hopefully they keep the pressure on and get us all the answers I think we want. Um, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. So if you, if you want to support us, if you can follow us on your podcast platform of choice. And also, if you want to follow us on social media, you can uh, on Twitter. I am at MikeyWBFC. And on Facebook, if you search for All Things Albion, you'll find us over there. So it leaves me to say, once again, thank you to Ali. Thank you guys for listening. Boing, boing.